0: I am Judge Sang Hyun Song from South Korea, who has been serving as Judge and President of the uh, International Criminal Court. I am very pleased to address to you this lecture on the International Criminal Court. In order to make the ICC a truly truly international institution, it is very important that people around the world are fully aware of its functions and goals. And even if you are not dealing with ICC in your daily work or studies, I can assure you that this subject holds many fascinating questions. The Rome Statute, on which the ICC is built can be seen as a fundamental step for international criminal
1: justice. Ten
0: years after the adoption of the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court, time has come for us to look back and assess our achievements. This is What I would like to do in the course of this, the present lecture. First of all, I shall be addressing the history of the ICC. I will then refer to the court's main features. Let me start with the history of the ICC. For about a century, the international community contemplated the establishment of an international criminal jurisdiction. The 20th century has been both a century of reflection on the subject and a century of hesitation.
1: In the course of that
0: uh, century, both international and civil wars were waged and as a consequence, millions of people have died. Gruesome crimes were committed in the course of these conflicts, most of them against civilians. Nevertheless, already at the Hague Peace Conference of 1899, the international community called for uh, the respect of the principle of humanity. The international community also realized that punishing those bearing responsibility for breaches of that principle is of great importance. After World War I, the Treaty of Versailles provided for an international tribunal to judge the German Emperor, Wilhelm II. For political reasons, however, this provision was never applied. The gruesome crimes committed during the World War II led the victorious Allied powers to resort to international criminal justice again and this time more successfully.
1: The Allies
0: signed the London Agreement of the 8 August 1945 establishing the International Military Tribunal sitting at Nuremberg. A similar tribunal was established in Tokyo. The purpose of the Nuremberg and Tokyo trials was to bring to justice those bearing the main responsibility for crimes committed during this war. The jurisdiction of the two tribunals extended to crimes against the peace, war crimes, and crimes against the humanity. It is not my intention to go into details on these tribunals today, even though they are a fascinating issue. Suffice it to say that the Nuremberg and Tokyo trials gave rise to the idea of a permanent international criminal court
1: established
0: within the framework of the united nations thus in the 1950s a statute of an international criminal court and the Code of Crimes Against Mankind were drafted and discussed by the UN General Assembly. The Cold War, however, brought this development to a temporary halt. Only after the end of the Cold War was new development possible. In 1989, the General Assembly requested the International Law Commission to take up the idea of an international uh, criminal court again.
1: The draft
0: statute was presented by the Commission in
1: 1994.
0: Parallel to these developments, The gruesome conflicts in the former Yugoslavia and in Rwanda further demonstrated to the international community the urgent need for international criminal justice. In 1993 and in 1994, the UN Security Council established the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia, or ICTY, and the International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda, or ICTR. The jurisdiction of the ICTY and ICTR is limited to genocide, crimes against humanity, and war crimes committed in two specific conflicts.
1: But the
0: two tribunals nevertheless demonstrated that international criminal justice can be administered successfully, thereby paving the ground for a more ambitious goal, that is to say, the establishment of a permanent international criminal court.
1: On the basis
0: of the 1994 draft uh, statute that had been prepared by International Law Commission, the negotiations continued and gained momentum. During the summer of 1998, representatives of more than 160 states and of more than 250 non-governmental organizations met in Rome to negotiate what should become the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court. The Rome Conference adopted the statute on the 17th of July, 1998. 120 states voted in favor of the statute, seven against it, and 21 states abstained. The necessary number of 60 ratifications of the statute was reached surprisingly quickly, and on the 1st of July,
1: 2002, four
0: years after its adoption, the Rome Statute entered into force. Thus, the ICC came into existence as an independent international institution. More than 100 states are now parties to the Rome Statute. Among the states parties, one can find states from all continents, and the judges and the staff of the ICC represent the different geographical areas of the world. Although the United Nations was of utmost importance for the adoption of the Rome Statute. And notwithstanding the close contact the court continues to have with the United Nations, the ICC is an independent international organization
1: built on an
0: international treaty. This point is of fundamental importance because it means that It is the sovereign decision of each state to become a party to the ICC or not to do so. The ICC has four organs, that is to say the chambers are the principal judicial organ consisting of the 18 judges of the court.
1: The Chambers
0: have three divisions, the Pretrial Division, the Trial Division, and the Appeals Division, of which I I am a member and the President.
1: Judges are elected
0: by the Assembly of States Parties for a term of office of nine years. There is, in principle, no possibility of re-election which is meant to strengthen the independence of the judiciary judges serving on a full-time basis may not seek outside employment the salaries of the judges which are determined by the assembly of states parties may not be reduced during the term of office of a judge. This avoids that financial pressure is used to influence a judge.
1: In some, the
0: Rome Statute provides for all necessary institutional safeguards for the independence uh, of the judges. The second order, the presidency, consists of three judges
1: bearing the overall responsibility
0: for the administration of the court its representation outside the world etc the office of the prosecutor the third organ is responsible for investigating and eventually prosecuting
1: crimes that fall
0: under the jurisdiction of the court
1: In fulfilling its statutory functions, the
0: Office of the Prosecutor acts independently of both the states and the chambers of the court. Finally,
1: the registry
0: provides the administrative backbone of the institution. The jurisdiction of the ICC is limited to the most heinous crimes that are of concern to the international community as a whole, that is to say genocide, crimes against humanity, and war crimes. These crimes are firmly established in customary and conventional international law. The definition of the crime of genocide is based on the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, which was adopted 60 years ago on the 9th of December, 1948.
1: The prohibition of
0: crimes against humanity has also been recognized For a long, long time, already the founding documents of the Nuremberg and Tokyo tribunals contained definitions of these heinous crimes. The law of war crimes is based on the body of international humanitarian law as enshrined in the Geneva Conventions of 1949 and in several other international instruments.
1: What is common to
0: all of these crimes is their structure. The individual acts of genocide Crimes against humanity and war crimes are similar to crimes uh, known in domestic criminal law, murder, torture, rape, etc. What makes uh, these deeds a concern of the international community as a whole and therefore punishable at the international level
1: is an additional
0: contextual element. The genocidal intent in case of genocide, the widespread or systematic attack against the civilian population in case of crimes against humanity, and the link with an armed conflict in case of war crimes. The Rome Statute also gives the court uh, jurisdiction of the crime of aggression. However, the ICC may only exercise its jurisdiction once the states have agreed on a definition of that particular crime and on the relationship of the court with the United Nations, and in particular its Security Council, in respect of the prosecution of this particular crime,
1: the, the
0: jurisdiction. Uh, Ratione temporis of the ICC is limited to crimes committed since the entry into force of the Rome Statute. Therefore, there is no retroactivity of the statute. Only natural persons, not states, uh, may be tried by the ICC. The personal jurisdiction of the court extends to persons who either are nationals of a state party or who are alleged to have committed crimes on the territory of a state party. Only when the Security Council of the United Nations Acting under Chapter 7 of the UN Charter refers a situation to the ICC. Can the jurisdiction of the court be extended to the territory of a state that is not party to the Rome Statute? The type of crimes the ICC has jurisdiction over, typically are committed on a large scale and often are state-sponsored.
1: The crimes will have arisen in the course
0: of armed conflicts with high political stakes. As the experience of the ICTY and of the ICTR uh, amply shows, The suspects likely to be brought before the ICC may even include former cabinet ministers and state presidents.
1: Therefore,
0: the ICC is operating in a highly political environment, making the uh, independence of the ICC from political pressure very, very important. Will the ICC withstand the political pressures that it may face and act completely independently?
1: To my mind,
0: the answer is in the affirmative because the Rome Statute provides robust mechanisms to protect fully the independence of the court and to safeguard it from political influence. Import instrument to safeguard the independence of the ICC and its prosecutor are the so-called trigger mechanisms. An investigation by the prosecutor can be triggered. First of all, by the referral by a state party or by the Security Council. Not unlike a complaint that is made to the police on the domestic level, such a referral brings to the prosecutor's attention that crimes appear to have been committed. The prosecutor, however, does not automatically open an investigation once he has received the
1: referral. Rather, he is
0: under an obligation to scrutinize carefully whether or not there is a reasonable basis to proceed with investigation. Only if he is convinced that this is the case, will he open an investigation into the situation that has been referred to him. It should also be noted in this context that states and security Council can only refer a situation to the prosecutor and not a specific case against a specific suspect. Therefore, a referral cannot be used to target a specific person. It is for the prosecutor to to decide who the suspects are and who should be brought to trial. But what happens if neither a state party nor the Security Council refer a situation to the court, even though that situation clearly would need the uh, attention of the ICC. This question was hotly debated when the Rome Statute was negotiated. Some states favored an approach whereby a referral by a state or by the Security Council would always be required, which might have led to a negative political influence on the court, effectively blocking investigations if neither a state party nor the Security Council wanted
1: to. A different
0: solution was finally adopted.
1: The prosecutor may open an
0: investigation on his own motion if he believes that there are reasonable grounds for such a step. The Rome Statute also provides for a check of the prosecutor's decision to open an investigation on his own motion. He may do so only with the authorization of the pretrial chamber. Thus, three judges will closely scrutinize prosecutor's decision in order to avoid that any unsound decision is taken. An important feature of the Rome Statute is the principle of complementarity.
1: The ICC
0: is not meant to replace domestic jurisdictions in the adjudication of genocide, crimes against humanity or war crimes. Rather, the court uh, complements domestic jurisdiction. It will only step in if domestic courts do not or cannot act.
1: This principle
0: is translated into the procedural law of the ICC as a question of admissibility. A case is inadmissible before the icc if it is or has been investigated or prosecuted by a state having jurisdiction in such a case there is no need for the icc to intervene but what if domestic proceedings are undertaken only to shield uh, a suspect from the jurisdiction of the ICC.
1: To avoid such a possibility,
0: the Rome Statute determines that in spite of domestic investigations or prosecutions, a case remains admissible before the ICC if the domestic proceedings in question are not genuine. The principle of complementarity is commendable both from a theoretical and a practical perspective. It fully respects the sovereignty of states in respect of the exercise of criminal jurisdiction. The complementarity principle also underlines that states have an obligation to investigate and prosecute international crimes. Since the adoption of the Rome uh, Statute, many states have revisited their national laws in order to ensure that All crimes that are under court's jurisdiction also are criminalized um, under the respective domestic legislation. This is in line with the general purpose of the uh, Rome Statute to ensure that there is no impunity for the most serious crimes. The link of the court with domestic jurisdictions also exists in another respect.
1: The ICC
0: does not have its own police force. For that reason, the Rome Statute provides that most investigatory activities will be carried out, by domestic authorities on the basis of requests by the ICC and in particular uh, by its prosecutor. Arrests are also carried out by domestic authorities on the basis of warrants of arrest issued by the pretrial chambers of the ICC. Without cooperation by states, the ICC is unable to fulfill its mission. Once a suspect is surrendered to the court, the pretrial phase begins. A confirmation hearing will be held to determine whether the charges brought by the prosecutor are sound and to filter out manifestly unfounded cases. If the charges are confirmed, the case moves to the uh, trial chamber and a trial will be uh, held. The accused person enjoys all rights necessary for a fair trial in full compliance with the exigencies of the international covenant of civil and political rights and other human rights instruments. If found guilty, the convicted person may be sentenced to prison. In particularly grave cases, lifelong prison sentences may be imposed. In addition, the court may order fines to be paid. The death penalty, however, is not provided for in the Rome Statute. If a person is sentenced to a prison term, the ICC will identify a state in which the sentence can be served. Some states have already concluded agreements with the ICC indicating their general willingness to enforce sentences ordered by the court. Nevertheless, the prisoner will always remain under the control of the ICC, which will ensure that the prisoner's rights are respected.
1: Both conviction
0: and sentence may be appealed to the Appeals Chamber of the ICC. Certain interlocutory decisions of the pretrial and trial chambers are also liable to appeal. An important innovation of the Rome Statute is the role it affords to victims of crimes under the statute the victims of crimes under the jurisdiction of the court do have the right to present their views and concerns to the chambers when
1: their personal interests are
0: affected therefore victims are not merely witnesses in the ICC proceedings, but have independent participatory rights.
1: Furthermore,
0: the Rome Statute provides for reparations to victims at the end of a trial if the accused person is found guilty. The statute also established a trust fund for victims to help the court to provide such reparations. The reinforcement of victims' rights in the Rome Statute is an important step in international criminal justice. Criminal trials are necessarily uh, perpetrator-focused,
1: By adding
0: victims' participation and the possibility of reparations,
1: the statute
0: emphasizes that the plight of the victims must also be recognized in order to foster justice and reconciliation. Much has been achieved in the 10 years since the adoption of the, of the Rome, Rome statute from a lofty lofty promise on paper the icc has developed into a full blown and functional court the prosecutor has opened the investigations into several situations, arrest warrants have been issued and executed and uh, proceedings before the chambers of the court take place. There may always be challenges and setbacks, but I am convinced that the ICC will be able to fulfill its goal of promoting justice and peace all around the world finally the idea of a permanent international criminal court has come to fruition i thank you for your attention